Welcome to the Daily Combat Podcast. The Daily Combat Podcast is brought to you as always by Olympic hopeful turned boxer and all-round sporting polymath Isabella Rossitano, arm wrestling influencer Hollywood Matt Connolly, and combat sports ring announcer Dave Stockbridge. So join Izzy, Dave, and Matt as we talk about the world of combat sports on this episode of the Daily Combat Podcast. everybody, this is Hollywood Matt Connolly. Welcome to the Daily Combat Podcast. I'm your host, sitting here with a bicep flex, which is in the contract, has to be done every episode. <laughs> Although today, I've probably got to get out bicep flex. This is probably the, the one guest we've had. We've got arms for both of us. So, of course, our co-host is uh, the man with the voice of golden honey, the man with the voice that can only be acquired through years of cigars and brandy and uh, backroom, uh, mm. you yeah. know. <laughs> uh, that's right oh yeah that's right the man <laughs> whose voice makes you feel like you're sliding between silk sheets uh co uh, <laughs> combat sports <laughs> ring announcer dave stockbridge hi everyone uh, that's right and uh everybody be able to like a terrible voice huh? hi everybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's nice to see everyone today so it's gonna be a great day good interview norm's a good bloke it's gonna be excellent <laughs> exactly and our special guest today obviously we've got norman Lyle. Norm Lowe, uh, a, a fantastic entrepreneur, uh, has been involved in many areas of the fitness world for a long time, uh, obviously has the physical attributes to go with that, has <laughs> been training for a long time in the gym, uh, well versed, uh, I think we'll find today that the knowledge that this man possesses about training and nutrition and advice and how to set up businesses and, and uh, especially involved in the fitness area of the industry. So welcome to the show and thank, thank you, you for being here. I hope welcome. I live up to the hype of <laughs> <laughs> me. The yeah. hype of the introduction. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And you were saying a minute ago that you've been involved in the industry for how long? It was like, like 20 years or something? Or? Uh, just over 10 years now. 10 years, fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Just over 10 years. Um, I've kind of dabbled in lots of different areas of the fitness industry. Um, most recently, I've kind of uh, stayed as an online coach, and I'll be staying on as an online coach for a fair while. One-on-one yeah. um, uh, -on -one personal training as well. Mm -hmm. Quite a lot of um, – I've got – found myself in a bit of a um, – mentoree role where I've helped up and coming personal trainers, like you said, get their business off the ground mm. and um, kind of figure out, you know, how to separate themselves from other PTs. Um, so I found myself in that position as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think now that we're entering this uh, new age, um, so to speak, um, where uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are displaced who do have an interest in um, training and might start to think well maybe there's a career in it for me so i'm super keen to uh, delve deeply into those things that you've done that have been successful and some of the things you're sharing with your mentees that uh, that are working right now yeah definitely so one thing that like this came up last week um one of my mentees came up to me and said i've just done my first month at um i won't say the gym franchise but i've just done my first month there um you know averaging about 15 20 sessions a week and that's wow. awesome wow yeah how do I get paid? Hmm. What? I said, what do you mean? Okay, that's like, an I've done one. all these sessions. Like, how do I ask for money? Like, oh. how do I get hmm. paid? I'm like, 
you don't know how to do invoices. You don't know how oh. to set up direct debit. You don't know how to do any of that, do you? Right. It's like, no, like we got taught, you know, the food pyramid at PT school. We got taught, you know, um, levers and insertion points and, mm-hmm. you know, how not to injure someone. Mm. We didn't get taught how to run a business. And mm. the main thing with business of is the cash flow and all that stuff, but they didn't touch on that at all. Wow. Um, after the 12 weeks, they said, you are qualified. Good luck out there. Um, all the best. Well, don't hurt anyone. Oh, yeah. is so. how interesting is that? I mean, we, we ha- had a meeting in this building uh, just uh, a week ago with the uh, South Australia's uh, chief entrepreneur, and what was a really interesting takeaway from that was that uh, you've got a generation of uh, children leaving school or uh, leaving university, and they might have some specific skills. Um, technical skills in a certain area but when it comes to entrepreneurship setting up a business understanding uh, kpis what to look out for um importantly um how to market yourself um and none of that's none of that can be found in the curriculum and so we're, we're finding that we've got some really good people that are kind of entering the workforce or that are transitioning out of perhaps what they've been doing for some time falling into the areas of their passion but then falling flat on their face yeah. because they don't have the business fundamentals there yeah it's mm. like their skill set isn't keeping up with their passion or their skills. Oh, not skill set, but yeah, their fundamentals aren't keeping up with their skill set. Mm. Um, yeah. So t- tell us a little bit about your, your early history. Um, when when was the first time you kind of thought I, I like picking up the weights? <laughs> um, it was actually out of necessity. So it was part of my rehabilitation. Right. I used to be a semi decent level soccer player. Oh. Right. Never touched a dumbbell, barbell, ever anything like that in my life. I, when I was probably around 10, 12, 13, 14. Um, I unfortunately peaked at my <laughs> soccer career, but I was playing like um, uh, reserve league level oh, soccer wow. at the time. Wow. So I was playing up against like, you know, open men, yeah. um, fully grown men, and they would just push me off the ball. They would mm. just outmuscle me. It's part of the uh, sport, no problem. Mm-hmm. But I tore my hip flexor um, oh, quite gosh. badly, just sprinting and, yeah. Um, Part of that, physio said, get in the weights room, strengthen it up. You know, you're going through puberty now. It's about time you strengthen up everything around there anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, got in there, found that my body was quite responsive. I enjoyed the process of um, progressive overload. Like I treated it like a game, yep. which I don't – these days I don't understand how people can jump from <laughs> training program to training program. And, you know, I've always seen training as quite simple. Yeah, um, yeah. Couldn't agree with you, you more, brother. Treat it like a game. <laughs> like, what was your top score from the week before? Try and beat that score. Um, there's different ways you can beat that score, but that's another conversation. Um, found that I was quite responsive to it, and yeah, never looked back. Mm. Stopped playing soccer. Um, so, do you remember that time where, where you're looking in the mirror or where you're looking at something? Going, where did that muscle come from? <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. I think I started lifting when I was probably around 17 yeah um 32 now uh-huh. so yeah it was a long time ago yeah um i remember in school i was one of the first people to like start drinking protein shakes at lunch <laughs> and this is way before you know every tom dick and harry was drinking protein shakes this was like you either had masashi or you had nothing yeah and it tasted like dirt oh, it didn't mix <laughs> it was rubbish but it was all there was at the time there was no other brands there was no like you had no idea what wpc was versus wpi and yep. all that stuff um yep. it's just if it said protein on it you buy it and that's it. <laughs> yeah that's yeah. right mega mass 2000 oh yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. that was the formula that I, that was our go-to and the flavor in. was cardboard yeah <laughs> it was terrible and any like, flavor cardboard you want <laughs> stuff like that they it stuck around in the industry for so long until 
yeah, it started yep. getting some traction. Now the flavors are amazing. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> amazing the technology caught up with the, the drinking industry, so <laughs> the, 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 yeah. uh, the protein shake production industry. Um, so, uh, so it was really out of necessity. So you, you really started uh, as a matter of uh, complementing your burgeoning uh, soccer career at that yep. point. And and when did the when did the soccer start to fade away and uh, and the gym start to take over? Yeah. So it was, like I said, I was very young um, for the level that I was playing, mm. and I actually the kind of height of my career was I got offered a full college uh, scholarship to a college in South Africa. Incredible. um, For, it would have been equivalent to year seven through to year 12 at the time. Mm. And then um, following on with their college system over there. Mm. Um, Full college scholarship for that. The team um, came down from South Africa and they did an Australian tour. Mm -hmm. I think they played like three schools from every state. Um, You know, the, the best schools in each state and they basically offered scholarships to who they wanted. Um, I was lucky enough to get one of those, but my parents were like, we're not moving to South Africa. (laughs) So if you want to go, you're you're on your own. And I was like a young kid, um, skinny as I think I was probably around 50 kilos. Um, Definitely no way I was going to move there on my own. So I just put that aside. And then I think a few weeks later, I actually injured myself with my hip flexor. And the physio was like, oh, look, you're going to be out for at least two months. So wow. get in the gym. It'll probably speed it up. Don't make it any worse. Um, while you're there, try and increase your upper body size and strength as well. Yeah. Um, and it was in those two months that I was like, you know what? I've started slipping in my soccer. I've started losing passion. Um, other people that were younger than me have started overtaking me. So I, I think I'm going to take a year off and just never went back. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Simple yeah. as that. Incredible, and and from an entrepreneurial perspective, where, where did you where, where's that grounded? Is that something in your family? Have you got some role models that you've kind of uh, had near near you in proximity to you as you were entering into the business world? Yeah, so I have massive, massive shoes to fill. So right, as far as I know, like it might get lost in translation. My Cantonese, my Mandarin isn't amazing, mm-hmm. but as far as I know, my grandfather was the first person to introduce Australia to acrylic as a raw material. Incredible. Yeah, so you're looking around, there's acrylic in this, there's acrylic in the equipment, you know, girls with their acrylic nails and stuff like that. Yeah. My grandfather, as far as I know, um, was the first person to introduce that to Australia and um, uh, distribute it on a mass scale. He was bringing in like hundreds of tonnes every month. Wow. He passed that business on to my dad. Um, My dad passed away when I was eight, so when I was quite young. He kind of got screwed over by a business partner um, and then my family went off and went into the restaurant industry and that's fine. Um, But yeah, that's what I remember of my granddad and my dad. So big, big, um, they came over here from Hong Kong. Yeah. Didn't speak much English, didn't have much money at all. Um, Not enough money, in fact, to bring my mum over. So my mum stayed in Hong Kong for around 10 years by herself while dad kind of... um, set himself up here then yep. once he worked like he started off washing dishes and then cleaning and stuff like that and then um once he had enough money brought mum over and they worked on the business together yeah wow incredible so, yeah entrepreneurial very different industries but um that like the amount of times my mum said like you're so much like your dad like you know how can i flip this how can i do that and yeah, yeah. and and so having that um a, a 
of the good fundamentals and having some good mentors around you and good role models. So it, it, did you feel that that was a, a, came in very handy when it came time to commercialise the gym side of things? Yeah, definitely. So I'm very lucky that I came into personal training after owning my own gym. Right. So the business model, Matt, you've probably seen it with how I ran my business mm-hmm. at that gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran my my personal training business as if it was a commercial gym business. Right. Okay. So the regular personal trainer, they'll be like, all right, I'm doing 10 sessions a week now. How do I get to 12? From there, how do I get to 15? How do I get to 10? I never thought like that. I thought, okay, once I've got one, how can I keep them on for 12 weeks? How can I keep them on for 24 weeks? You know, mm. so I brought a gym membership model uh, where once you sign on with me and I'd only sign up with you if you can commit 12 weeks with me, mm. um, how can I bring that into the personal training? And then from there, just escalated. I got up to uh, busy enough to have a waiting list. Um, and, you know, I never had to worry about, like, oh, shit, I've got, I'm busy this week, but next week's looking completely empty. Mm. I knew my next three months in advance, and then I had a waiting list ready to take on. If anyone dropped off after three months, I had someone waiting ready to take their spot. Mm. And that's kind of something that I think I did differently as a PT that I don't see any other PTs doing at the moment. Um, And you're saying that was born out of the experience of having run your own gym at that stage. So you you, you started your own gym very early on as well. Yeah. So when I was, um, must be in about mid twenties, I looked at what was, um, I was, I was bodybuilding. I had a bodybuilding background. I was training as a bodybuilder, but I was getting a bit bored. And I remember the exact moment in the gym. I was doing a dumbbell bicep curl, mm-hmm. looking at myself in the mirror. And I thought... <laughs> As one does. There's, yeah, there's <laughs> got to be more to life to training than this. You yeah. know? So I started looking at what else there was out there. Yeah. Um, CrossFit was massively up and coming at the time. Like, not really interested. The injury side of that really scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Uh, yeah, I started just investigating the different kind of training principles out there and I landed on NFLs, NFL players. Oh. Mm. And I thought, all right, what are they doing? Because they're like 140 kilos and they mm. can run faster than our fastest AFL players and they, make, they can jump higher than our top-level basketball players and they can turn on a dime better than our best soccer players. So what mm. are they doing? That led me down the road of strength and conditioning, um, and, and I saw what their gyms look like over there for their college athletes. Yeah. Um, like literally airplane hangar size, like airplane hangar warehouses decked out with an entire football field on the inside, squat racks on one side, and then other machines on the other side. I said, okay, general rule of thumb is Australia is about five to 10 years behind America. So if that's what they're doing over there now, that's what's going to be coming over here in about five to 10 years. Right. Okay? So I took a risk. Open something very similar, massive, massive um, astroturf area on the inside of the gym, and then um, squat racks down one side, um, free weights and stuff on the other side. Yeah. And it was based on, like, you know, all right, I'm going to pre fatigue your legs with like a heavy sled sprint. Yeah. And while they're still tired and while you're still puffed out, you're going to go squat 60% of your max mm, and stuff right. like that. So no one else was training like that at the time. Turn that into like a class format, built that into a. Um, uh, what do you call it? A gym kind of business model again, uh, membership service. Yeah. And yeah, 
grew that up to about 250 members. Incredible. Uh, yeah. And how long did that take you to get up to that type of level? Uh, about four years I owned that for. Incredible. Yeah. But I scaled that. Like, this is something I had no idea about at the time. I scaled that completely wrong. Right. So I was the only trainer for seven days a week for mm. four years. Mm. Um, you know, I could have hired other people, but in my mind as an entrepreneur, I'm like, why would I pay someone else for something that I can do myself and save money? Mm. Right. So, yeah. And then it got to the point where but I did, did. But in retrospect, you found that was a mistake? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. It got to the point where I did hire other trainers because I wanted to, you know, have a day off or have a morning off. And I'd get complaints from the regulars saying, we signed up for you, Norm, not... Right. Mm. Not this person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and how did you disentangle the two, like the the training system that uh, effectively you were sharing, which is what the people were getting benefit from, as opposed to the the cult of personality that perhaps people have bought into a little bit with you? How did you eventually separate that, or, or were you not able to in that business? I wasn't able to. Yeah, I just so had to the sell solution it. was to sell. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was getting more and more complaints the more I tried to force new trainers in. Mm. Um, even though I thought they were great trainers, they were awesome, you know, they were edu educated, they were um, passionate. I thought they were right fit, but... They just weren't you. They just weren't me, which mm. is a, an awesome compliment, mm. and it's an awesome lesson for me, in hindsight, to make sure you scale right. And, yeah. Know. What would you have done differently with, with hindsight? Um, just not being stingy. And brought someone on quicker. Earlier on, so yeah. that, that people aren't conditioned to you always being the guy. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, but well, that makes complete sense. And and I guess lessons brought forward into uh, new adventures as you've uh, walked through the, the path of life. Yeah. Um, so um, so you, you touched on it just a little while ago, but um, now you've, you are applying those lessons um, for others to, to learn from. And, uh, and so how did, how did that come about? Was that just a matter of, look, I've learned a lot in the last 10 years and surely somebody else has got to benefit from this as well and, and started to – how did that start to happen for you? Yeah, I never went out looking for it. I never offered that as a service. Mm -hmm. um, but I had just random PTs from the industry reach out to me and say, like, hey, um, I can see how many people you're helping. Mm. Um, how are you actually doing that and still – getting enough sleep, getting enough <laughs> food, getting mm. enough, your own training in. Like, what are your systems and processes? Um, and a big thing, besides the whole gym business model being adopted as a PT, was um, learning to not swap your time for money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So right now, most PTs, you know, they sell their services on an hourly basis. They've still got to be there. Mm. Um, yep. And so one thing that I try and teach a lot of up-and-coming PTs is, like, how can you replicate yourself or how can you automate systems so that you don't have to be there in person while they're still getting the value of your services mm. um whether that be through um online coaching making sure your online coaching has the right um, systems and making sure that they're still getting the right amount of help um whether that's hiring someone under you um whether that's um making sure that the client knows what they're signing up for before mm. they sign up with you um i've had to drop clients because i'm not a 24 7 coach mm. for example mm. so there's people out there um that were trying to message me after hours they'd be like oh can i eat this instead of this can i swap this muscle out for that muscle it'd be like nine o'clock at night mm. and so i'm really sorry but like i think you might be better off getting the services of someone that can help you around the clock 
Mm. When I clock off at, you know, whenever I clock off, um, I need my own time yep. in the in the nicest possible way. Mm. I'm not saying I'm not here for you, but just make sure your questions sent to me uh, within those hours, and I always get back to you. If in after hours, it's at my discretion. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really hard, I think, for a lot of PTs because uh, especially early on in a, a personal trainer's career, a lot of their work is outside of hours already, and it's, mm-hmm. it's at the hours that are convenient for the people that want to be trained. So Absolutely. it can often be like five o'clock in the morning and eight o'clock at night, um, and uh, and. And also that's what leads to a lot of burnout for a lot of PTs. And amongst that, it's turning up at five o'clock in the morning, but the client doesn't. Yes. Uh, or <laughs> similarly, you know, it's at dinner time and you're standing around for half an hour waiting for yep. somebody who couldn't be bothered to text you yeah. uh, to it let happens. you know. Accidents do happen. People 100% accidentally slept in. Their mm. alarms didn't go off and stuff like that. I was at, with yeah. you at the time. Oh, like, yeah. oh this person's late. They're not <laughs> done. Anyway. Um, yeah, so it all comes down to, again, like not burning out is not making yourself available all the time. I used to take every session I could at the start, mm. and then eventually I stopped offering um, sessions that were past my dinner time mm. just so that I could eat and you know digest and rest before my next day. Yeah. And then I stopped taking on clients that were too early. Mm. Um, and as I made myself more scarce, I became more sought after mm-hmm. because I wasn't available all the time. I had clients reaching out saying, hey, I've been referred to you by this person. Can you help? Um, and I'd say, I actually can't. Sorry, would you like to join my waiting list? Mm-hmm. And then that would make them twice as eager yeah. to have my services. Um, that's another mistake that I think a lot of personal trainers make. They bend the knee to wait to anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, hey, I can, I'm a shift worker. Can you do a three AM session on a <laughs> on a Saturday morning? It's like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. And then <laughs> they don't they'll take it. And they'll, <laughs> they'll absolutely screw themselves over for the week ahead, and then they'll do it again the next weekend. And then that client's like, "Hey, thanks for your services. Uh, I'm just going to try this thing on my own now." And mm. then you know they're they're two weeks behind now. Yeah, catch you up on sleep, catch you up on. Um, um, their schedule and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, yeah. one of the, one of the things that you were doing that I hadn't seen anyone else doing was the direct debit stuff, and yep. I was like, "That's so clever because you know <laughs> you're not relying on somebody that if they don't turn up, they've already paid for that yes. session. So it's not as if you're going to be missing out. Whereas so many trainers are there like waiting, and it's like, damn it, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to get any money for this. Like yeah. I guess they'd probably go for a 24 hour cancellation or something like that. Yeah. But then you've got to you know chase them up for the money, and it's like you know that side of things. So to automate that, that's really like that's why I was like, I got to get this going because he's like, op- you've optimized so many areas. Yep. You've looked at the whole system of PT and gone, what can I do to make this better or make this easier for me or more convenient? And it's like, well, I can do the online stuff or I can create a program of twelve weeks, and yep. then it's like you pay for that upfront, and then I guide you through it, and you can do those sessions without me actually physically standing there counting the reps for you. you know? Definitely, yeah. Mm. The direct ever thing is um, getting more popular personal trainers now, but they're mm-hmm. still I find feedback that I get very apprehensive asking for that mm. payment for mm. that commitment yeah um, that comes back to the you know the personal trainers own um, self-belief and you know the self-confidence and stuff like that but at the end of the day the market will always determine what you're worth mm. I was well known to be significantly more expensive than the other trainers that I worked with um, more than double some of them but I was also the busiest. So that tells me that if people weren't willing to pay my price, I simply wouldn't be the busiest. Right. The market just told me that um, 
the, the prices that I was charging was fair because of the service that I was providing mm-hmm. in return. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, and plus, you know, when you attach a higher price, I mean, people sort of say, well, you know, if he's, if he's at this level of cost, that then he obviously knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And it's like, you can't just, you know, I guess you would have some shysters that would put in, you know, oh, it's 150 an hour, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you've got a, a solid foundation of, of training and history behind you and, you know, people can see that you're there, people are wearing your clothing, which is another thing I thought was <laughs> awesome. Norm has his own uh, clothing uh, brand the normal yes you know and his own logo and everything um and i think when people would sign up with you they would get a jumper or something like that is that how it would work oh, I, I would just make training with me like fun I yeah. would, like besides the clothes i would because of this whole covid thing right now in gyms in sa you gotta wipe down your equipment mm. and sanitize paper towel no problem but instead of just seeing that as a um chore i turned that into a game with my clients i'd mm. wipe down their equipment i'd script Scrunch up the ball and I say, All right, if I get this in the bin from 10 meters away, <laughs> you go give me 10 extra burpees. Or, Is that why there's paper all over yeah. the gym? Yeah. Yeah. I never actually picked up after myself. Yeah, right. yeah. But um, yeah, I made it fun. Yeah, it's like, All right, if I get this in, you gotta give me a new PB on the leg press. Uh, if I miss, then I will do an exercise that you wanna, yeah, you wanna yeah, torture yeah. me with. Yeah. Nice. So everyone, everyone, like, and it, I think slowly it caught on. People would see like, oh, I was going to go for a shot there. They knew what was coming up. There was something on the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Either my client was about to get tortured on a leg press <laughs> or I was about to do 20 burpees in front of the whole gym. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I made that fun. And another thing with the clothing, it was fun. It's like, all right, if you can give me um, a perfect week, if like you can give me get to bed the time that I would like you to get to bed so that you're uh, well enough rested, if you can stick to your macros well enough, if you can stick to enough training sessions, I'll give you a free normal shirt. Awesome. And then that turned into like a badge of honor. Yeah. And um, at one stage there was everyone. Uh, had yeah, dozens, dozens <laughs> of like, dozens is Norm's of, gym here. Yeah, like, things just people are doing for a t-shirt. Yeah. Right? yeah, and it's a really cool feeling. I get messages from friends that's just saying like, "Oh, hey, I'm at the movies, and the person in front of me is wearing a normal shirt." Yeah. Like, that's cool. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah. instead of just trying to monetize that and sell it you know i did sell them as well but the main um kind of idea behind that was to make it fun give them another reason to be adhesive to the plan yeah and they would get better results which would be better for my business and it's Mm. just like a snowball effect Mm. i got these awesome results and um I got them through Norm. They tell their friends, and my business just grew. Okay, yeah. so there's a lot of there's a lot of people that have had an aspiration to get into personal training, or who may have already been personal trainers, who've maybe been put off by the last two years. Um, COVID has been devastating for the fitness industry, and and really, you know, even now there's so much uncertainty around. Um, what are some of the what are some of your tips for people that perhaps are now considering a career? Um, in personal training um, in what could be uncertain times and also what are some uh, suggestions to those people who are now thinking well the vaccination rollout's going on maybe things are getting back to normal now's the time that uh, I need to be thinking about a career in personal training and uh, now's the time to do it yep Um, probably the recurring themes that I tell my up-and-coming PTs is don't uh, overestimate the importance of social media. Mm. Okay, people come to me on a weekly basis saying, "I've only got five hundred followers. You've got fourteen thousand. You know, how can I make a business with only five hundred followers?" I'm like, if you had one percent of that, if you mm. had five clients, 
Or 50 clients? Which one is it? 10 uh, yeah, 10% would be but 50, but five. It's whatever, it's whatever you say it is. Uh, um, 1%, 1%, 1% a week. Carry the one. 1% of 500 is five clients. Right. Mm. If you had five regular clients a week, that's better than most starting PTs. All right? mm. With five starting clients per week, if you can get a referral from half of them, let's say two, mm. you're on to seven the next week. Like, mm. it, don't overestimate the importance of social media. I see PTs that spend you know hours... Um, getting content for their social media. I'm like, but people aren't paying for you to do that. Like, you, you got to figure out how you can help them mm. and then double down on those existing clients and make them love your services so much that they have no choice but to talk about you at the dinner table with their friends and family. Mm. All right, so that's probably... So the barbecue conversations you're working on with them yep. rather than uh, what what might look nice and shiny on Instagram. So, yeah. yeah. The amount of PTs that flash their transformation photos of their clients yes. looks great on social media, mm -hmm. but in reality, that client is unhappy. They've been starved or they're not, their results aren't sustainable, mm. that they will never actually recommend you as a trainer to their friends. Oh. It's such a... It's such a it's such a massive gap between the two. What yeah. you see as a awesome transformation should also translate into a happy client. Right. Mm. But nine times out of ten, from my experience, it's not that uh, close. And what do you think the, the the disconnect is there? So, I mean, as a from a marketing perspective, the assumption would be, well, they look like that, like me, and now they look like that, like Norm. Yeah. Uh, well, but you're saying. That's the wrong messaging to be putting out there to people, perhaps. I'm not saying the before and after photos are bad. They're awesome. I'm saying, in a nutshell, I'm saying that most personal trainers are very selfish. They will get the person from point A to point B at the cost of their health, mm. at the cost of their kind of sustainability and their results. Just get that photo. Just to get mm. that photo, just to make the PT look good. And then after they're done with that client, they're disregarded. Right, so right. Like so, the, biggest, like the biggest loser. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that TV show. So, really. to, yeah. so to fix that, yep. you don't see that before and after photo as the end result. You see the end result as a client who doesn't have to uh, stop with your services after they've had that second photo. They're like, mm. "I've loved your services so much. How can I keep going?" Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's another thing that I think um, I've done well compared to other personal trainers. Not only do I sign them on for 12 weeks, but after 12 weeks, my uh, retention rate is quite high. Mm -hmm. So they're like, oh, yeah, just keep the direct debits going for another 12 weeks, you know? Whereas right. most PTs, they're chasing week by week. Hey, yep. um, John, are you on for next week? Oh, sorry, I've got too much on next week. Um, mm -hmm. I'll hit you up when I'm free again. And that's... Mm -hmm. That's more common in the personal training industry. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And and so so much uncertainty. And I think for a lot of people that genuinely got into personal training to help people, um, often they're stunned when they realise they're in a chip and chase, almost sales like business, oh, massively, uh, rather yeah. than a health business. Yeah, mm. yeah. And and how do you how do you help reconcile that for a lot of people that may have just gotten into it for those reasons of helping others and because they've got a genuine passion around fitness? But how how do you reconcile that against the the choice of having to market yourself and then you know chip and chase and deal with people and it sounds like in some part you've systemized the chip and chase part 
so there's less of the chasing of the client and you've got a, a now a business of attraction so uh, now you've got people that are waiting in line um, that are waiting to come to you and that they're obviously huge fundamentals once you've got those things right then almost the other half takes care of itself but how, how does somebody get from uh, that position of chipping and chasing to creating an attraction business where they've got a waiting list yeah that's a great question for me a big turning point was deciding that I wouldn't work with anyone I didn't enjoy working with. Yeah, that's why you don't work with Matt. That's why I've got to pick up all the paper balls. That you <laughs> yeah, that I miss. <laughs> that's why I'm doing burpees in the gym all the time. Yeah. Um, a lot of PTs I see out there, they are not enjoying themselves. They're burning out because they're doing sessions with clients that leave them feeling more drained after the session than before. With me, if you ever see me on the gym floor, I'm always having fun with my clients. Mm. And I'm not afraid to drop a client if they're an energy drainer, if they're um, constantly cancelling, constantly late on their direct debits, things like that. Yeah. Obviously, not everyone is in a position that they can cancel clients and you know recommend other trainers for them if they're not a good fit. But I think a big part of it is enjoying yourself because you attract more people. Underestimate how much. Um, you're looked at as a personal trainer on the gym floor when you don't think you're being stared at. You know, okay. I will just be spotting a client or I'll be walking with a client and how you conduct yourself on the gym floor is massive. People are staring at you when you don't think they are. So you're always on display. Yeah, you're, always, mm. you're a walking billboard. Mm. One thing that stuck out with me because I've, um, I've also paid for a lot of coaching, I've also paid for a lot of mentors in my own time, is um, as a personal trainer, always have the cleanest shoes on the gym floor, <laughs> okay? Sounds, sounded weird to me at the time, but I'm like, all right, he said it, he's successful, I'm going to do it. And the amount of people that came up to me and said, you've always got immaculate shoes. I'm like, <laughs> people notice, people notice. And yeah. from there, it's like, hey, hey, thank you for noticing. Like, how's your training going? Is there anything I can help with? And, you know, they turn into well, a client. My, my shoes are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what laundry detergent do you use? Yeah, it's just the small things like that. Um, I can't remember what your original question was. What was I? Oh, yeah, just uh, how do you how do you help encourage people who are going through that transition from having a business where they're chipping and chasing, and it's really hard. Um, and and I, I say this because my my wife um, later in life decided she wanted to be a personal trainer. Uh, interestingly, she'd not really been to the gym ever beforehand. <laughs> um, she'd had a health episode and thought. I'm going to get healthy and I might as well do it for a job. And, and very quickly went from, oh, well, I love training and I like going to the gym and I like the people there and I like wearing active wear all the time yeah. to, shit, I hate calling people up when they're you know, not paying me and I, I hate turning up and they've forgotten their 20 bucks this morning again for yep. the fourth time in a row. And uh, Sharon just cancelled. Yep, yep third time at 6.30 at night. Um, and uh, so it very quickly became, well, very wearing because I think, you know, when you're there to genuinely help people and you seem to be battered around with chores that you don't like doing and people that might uh, be responsive to your want to help, um, it can be quite demoralising. And I'd imagine there'd be a lot of really good people that have uh, lost a personal training uh, simply as a result of that experience. And from what I can understand as well, most gyms um, don't have much of a protocol to induct uh, personal trainers into the business side of things. It's more pay us rent, you can turn up, 
you can use some space plus oh guess what um, you can do some free PTs for people that we've just signed up just for fun uh, for us <laughs> and uh, yeah fill your diary with that please yeah leads. For, yeah leads, leads opportunities yeah, we're doing you a favor by yeah. offering you these free leads so so that fundamentally is the is the business model and and I guess a really hard one for anybody who's jumped into the game over the last couple of years in particular um, so it doesn't sound like it's your model though no um, one thing that I do that a lot of PTs don't do is I will never ever, ever offer anything for free mm-hmm. not even a consult okay. so if you want to speak with me you have to go through a screening process right? Um, and that kind of filters out the did you do this earlier? <laughs> so we can get the interview. <laughs> this is what happened. This has been months had in the had making. Screen meeting. He's <laughs> <laughs> um, watched all the episodes. No. <laughs> so that filters out a lot of time wasters in itself. Mm. Um, the people that kind of pass the screening process will get a sit down with me, maximum ten minutes. And and so this is like a so the screening process is this. Uh, how, do you have someone that screens that for you, or no. do you have an automated process? So automated that, online. Okay. So I've got um, very smart. So that's is, that's how you're able to scale. Saving someone. time. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and it's it gets even more automated by that because if I click the wrong answer for a yes or no, dun dun. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But gone. once again, I'm coming. I'm speaking from a position where I can do that, where I can turn down quite a lot of clients. You know, the other PTs that. Gym mate used to work out. I've passed a lot of clients onto them. They're yeah. like, all right, they this guy wants a lot of boxing uh, PT. I'm not that guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go see this person. Mm-hmm. I understand that um, a lot of people will take on any client they can at the start just to get the numbers up, just to get the cash flow up. Mm. Um, I would say instead of letting yourself lowering your own standards to take on anyone. Be a bit more exclusive and use that time that you're not on the gym floor to upskill, mm. and then you will be more confident to take on people that you wouldn't usually. Yeah. Which in turn means you can charge more, which in turn means being more more in demand because the people that are willing to pay more will have more teeth in the game, and they'll be willing more willing to stick to the plan and get results than mm. the people that want the cheapest PT, mm. um, who think the cheapest PT has also given them the cheapest service, mm. so they are not as inclined to stick with the plan. Okay? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh, 100% yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. And and what do you think have been your biggest challenges through the pandemic so far? Uh, it, it As I mentioned before, it's uh, been devastating for your industry, um, and in certain jurisdictions around the world, gyms have been closed down for, for months and months and months. Um, in other places, people have been lucky, but it had to do with certain restrictions. But either way, you look at it, all around the world, PTs have had their lives hugely disrupted, and a lot of people have been forced to leave the industry altogether. And now there's a, you know, in order to get back to work, a lot of people are being vaccinated and the like. Um, how have you navigated through all of these waters? Yeah, so I went a little bit different to the other PTs that's decided That doesn't surprise to... me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the natural progression when gyms closed down was to go online. Mm. Um, but online obviously has a lot of different avenues. The majority of people I saw pivoted into zoom training Mm. which i just never liked the idea of me sitting on my couch at home watching you train (laughs) and getting paid significant amounts for didn't sit right with me Mm. so instead of that i went back and thought all right what's gotten me busy which is word of mouth referrals Mm -hmm. how can i double down on that 
Um, and what I did instead was I stopped everyone's direct debits, but I still provided value. Okay. I sent everyone free training programs. Yeah. I sent everyone videos of myself cooking. I said, hey, this is my recipe for the week. Mm. We're all at home. Why don't you try it with me? Tell me what you think. Mm. I sent them all um, uh, diet plans. I said, I know that you're not going to be um, eating out as much, so here's some new recipes to try, stuff like that. Nice. All for free. Right. By the time that gyms open again, I had like three times the amount of people waiting to mm. sign up with me because all their friends were like, hey, what are you doing for training? I just got sent this program from my PT. Do you want to do it with me? And then they liked the training and then they inquired more about my services. Yeah. And where did that instinct come from? Because there would have been a lot of people that were really in fear of the financial implications of, of, of the pandemic, um, especially early on when there was a, a huge amount of uncertainty. We, nobody knew how long it was going to be. But your instinct was to step back from the monetary and to add enormous amounts of value. Where, where did that thinking come from? Um. Probably I was doing a lot of reading at that time. And mm. there's a book by Gary V called Jab, 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 Hook. I jab, think. Jab, oh, yeah. Right Hook. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. Have you read it? I have. Yeah. yeah. So It's an excellent book. Yeah. Just, yeah. I've got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> as, as a matter of fact. Yeah, that's there's, really 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 there's my discount code. <laughs> you so I was reading that book at the time and yeah. it just made so much sense at that particular time. People's mm. priorities were changing at that period of time they didn't have the income they didn't have the disposable income at the time um what is the rest of the industry doing how can i separate myself from that kind of um, majority crowd how can i um make myself stand out in an already uh saturated market mm. so the two things just kind of kind of came um at the right time right place yeah know? but a lot of people wouldn't have had the patience around um uh, basically putting the financial side of, of things on hold. Um, and in this situation where now, uh, as you said, as soon as things started to open up, you had three times as many people uh, wanting to use your services because of that very shrewd move uh, early on. But um, how long was it without income? Like how long did you have to be brave for? And and did you insulate yourself financially because of the success that you'd enjoyed before and so giving yourself that buffer so that you could then execute on this uh, very generous, this give back uh, strategy in the pandemic? Uh, yes to both okay. <laughs> questions. So, yeah, yeah, I was lucky enough to be in a position where I didn't um, need income we, at we, the we time. Training and yeah. Coming, yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas others weren't in that position. Yeah. I also... And that's not because you're in acrylic air, air, air <laughs> or anything like that. No. That's, a, that's because of the good work that you've done that's in your right. businesses to that point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, your other question was... Um, oh, it was a really good one as well. It was. Uh, it was so good, I've forgotten what it is. Um, but it, uh, it was that you had the insulation... Uh, you're giving uh, yourself that yeah, gap. Yeah, you're giving yourself oh, that how, gap. How long and was how the did gap? you come up with the idea of, of providing the value um, for the clients that... Oh, yeah, another thing... Yeah. Um, or how long How long were you able to survive for... Or, or how long did you project that you were going to go uh, without the monetary returns for the value that you were now providing? Yeah, I um, kind of estimated we'd be in lockdown for about six months. Okay. I don't think we were... The gym was closed that long. No, I think mm. uh, we were... Maybe a week or something for like, oh, this was, oh, yeah, before we right at the start, oh, officially right opened, yeah, mm, no, it was yeah. a while. Um, I think <laughs> it was around eight weeks. Yeah. Um, but 
Once again, but in other places around the world, I mean, it mm, went on a lot longer. A lot longer. So you, you, probably your estimation was quite fair and reasonable at the time. Yep. Um, and a big call to make in your business to say, hey, I'm just going to, you know, forego potentially income at a time when everybody's kind of like, oh, 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 I don't know what's coming next. I think one of my strongest points with business is that I'm, I don't like, or I identify when I'm thinking very micro mm. and then I step back and be like, all right, now I think macro. So mm. in that regard, I could see the easy option, the easy thing that 90% of PTs were doing were pivoting to Zoom workouts, mm. were saying, hey, I can't see you in person, but I can still continue coaching you, continue our payments, mm. you know? That's what 90% of the... They were after continuity and yep. you went very much in a disruptor's way. Yeah. Mm. So I zoomed out. I thought of the bigger picture. What's gonna? What's everyone's mindset going to be after we go back to the gym? You know, who are they going to be more thankful for? Someone that provided value for free during this whole time, trying to create a better culture within your clients, try to make everything fun, mm -hmm. or someone that almost just looked after themselves first. Mm. Um, and that's yeah. yeah. And that whole micro macro thinking is a big kind of um, kind of determining factor of how I make a lot of my business decisions. Yeah, mm. you can yeah. see it with, uh, you know, just how you were explaining it there. I mean, if you're a standard PT, you're 90% of people and they're, they're sort of week to week as far as, you know, relying on those clients to, to pay the bills and then, you know, not setting up a, a strategy where they've got those 12 weeks already paid for or covered and um, it's like, you know, they're, they're sort of just surviving and just yeah. getting through. Very micro. Exactly. Yep. And then it's like they get, the shutdown happens and it's like, oh my God, like I'm not going to have any money at all coming in because we can't train the clients. And it's like, um, well, I've still got to train the clients. So I don't know, do Zoom or something. Yeah. But so then it's like for the client who now has also not, not got an income, uh, mm. it's like, oh, I still need to, you to pay me. And it's yeah, like, right. so you could almost feel that there would be a slight sense of like, not resentment, but sort of like, well, it's a Zoom thing. Like, are you just expecting the full amount or, you know, mm. whereas what you've done there and you said, look, I, I get it, everyone's locked down, um, but here's some stuff you can do and I'm still going to provide you things. And then when we get back to it, like, we'll, we'll continue with what we're doing. But um, up until then, like, don't be pressured. Like, I'm not going to be like, I need you to keep yeah, paying me. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I was very clever. It's, mm. it's such such a thing like with, with PTing and I, I've seen it over 21 years in the gym you know the culture changed from when i first started and i was i was PTing. it was you were paid by the gym like you worked for the gym yeah as an employee and it was a fitness instructor was what it was called um and then they changed the model to oh now you have to pay us to work you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then yeah, where you're a contractor almost yeah well, you, you set up your own subcontracting thing so we don't have any responsibility <laughs> yeah and you can hire the equipment from us uh, and you can train as many people as you like like yeah, yeah. now you're yeah. contracting you can work for free yeah that's right <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you can't work for anyone else or anything yeah. but, you know <laughs> just here uh and then you know seeing that competition side of it come in and you know, if, as you said at the start, like if you don't know how to market, if you don't know how to run a business, like those are the vital ingredients to being successful as a personal trainer. You can be a fantastic trainer and you'll fail miserably if you don't know how to get clients and you don't know how to retain clients and you don't know how to get the money. It's like those elements must all be in line because <laughs> there is an industry out there where people set up a six-week course 
and they funnel people through it and they go, we'll guarantee you a job because you're going to be paying us to work there. Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yep. And then it's like they give you six weeks of training. You pay $5,000 for that yeah. and they give you a little certificate and they go, yeah, you know how to train people, yeah. sort of. Um, <laughs> come and work in our gym yeah. and pay us $350 a week to do that. And then they last about six weeks and yeah. they go, this is terrible. I'm losing hand over fist of money. I, they haven't taught me how to find clients, retain clients. Get um, paid. You know, get paid. <laughs> yeah. I'm paying out all the money. I hate the fitness industry. I used to love it. And you see this, this cycle and this repetition of clients coming through, or the trainers, and it's like you go to any sort of larger commercial gym, on the wall there'll be 12 trainers. And it's like you're competing against 11 other people in the same gym for clients. Yep. And what are you doing that's going to make you stand out? Well, you might be in great shape yourself, but does that mean that you know how to communicate, how to train effectively to other people? Because you know those are those skills that you need to be a good trainer. If you don't have those things, it's like, you know, and you don't learn how to do that. That's why people just, they, they, they come in and out and it's like, it's a few months. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people um, in, who are there for a job and then there are other people like yourself that are building a career. And, and, I, and I think fundamentally when you're younger and you're starting out in, in an industry, you, you're very much standing on the shoulders of giants and the view from there means that you can see where the mistakes have been made down the road. Whereas when people are in a, in a job, um, they tend to start from the bottom and uh, they they tend to only get the sunshine that's allowed to be uh, that they that they're they're only able to uh, get enough in order just to get by. Mm. Um, they they're not uh, they're not in an environment that's really uh, there for their uh, business growth. Um, they're there in order to curate and maintain the business into the gym perhaps, um, and uh, but they're not necessarily there to prosper for themselves. Um, and in part because they're not there as a business. They're not, they're thinking of it in terms of a job yes. rather than, well, this is going to be me for the next 25 years. Yep. So if it's me for the next 25 years, is it worth me taking a hit for three months during what's going to be a quiet time anyway um, and then coming back with three times as many clients. And and it's that long-term uh, uh, vision that you've seemed to have had uh, for your career that's enabled you to make um, better steps along the way. Um, is Does that seem like an accurate observation? Yeah, that's spot on. Okay. Um, once again, for whatever reason, the general population, not just personal trainers, but they just seem to think very micro. They're very tunnel vision. It's like, what are your goals? Oh, I'd like to upgrade my car for example it's like that's great that's awesome something achievable and all that but what's bigger like how are you going to be a happier person what's mm. going to what's going to allow you to become happier the job that you're doing now will you be happier consistently swapping 40 hours of your week for a paycheck or mm. would you be happier if you you know followed your passion gave it a shot and um uh, you could look back and be like, oh, at least I tried. Mm. Things like that. Yeah. But, uh, as I'm getting older, because I'm definitely not a young PT anymore. Um, when did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> did you say you're 32? Yeah. yeah. So, I turned uh, 40 yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've definitely identified that people just think very, very micro. Um, and I'm actually not in the fitness industry technically. I am, but I'm not right now. But that's strategic because I want bigger from my life. I want more. Like a lot of my clients, a lot of my friends, like you are earning a lot of money right now. Like what are you doing stepping back 
any PT would be very happy to be in your shoes. I'm like, yes, but I can't keep swapping a lot of my time for money because mm-hmm. the things that make me happy, like travel and um, hitting goals and stuff, that's that takes a, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm, you take less money to, to do the things that you really want to do. Yeah, yeah. and then you, you pull that back to how I run my business. It's like, all right, instead of just chasing individual sessions for the next week and then try and beat that score next week how can i monetize and systemize and automate everything to make everything as efficient while still enjoying my work because you would also see not just at um, my old gym but in the gyms in general many pts are there not enjoying their job mm-hmm. you can see on their face you can see it in their um posture they are there counting down the minutes on the clock or on their um, phone oh yeah in the worst case their phone because they're mm. looking at their phone um, until their session is finished and then they can go scroll social media again mm-hmm. lots of people like that once again I'm speaking from a position where I'm lucky enough that I've built myself up I can turn away clients and I don't have to work with anyone and everyone but I've only been able to get to that spot because I have turned away people along the years mm. um, people have found out I'm not available all the time so they exclusivity is more appealing to them mm. you know they're not used to it they're used to joining a new gym finding out who the pt is and booking with them they've never <laughs> had a pt that said not only am i double the price of everyone else but i'm also not available yeah that's right um, yeah. that's right yeah for sure i love the fact that you would find the clients that uh would suit you as well like it had to be a good match yeah and i think that's what a lot of pts sort of get they'll get a a, a client that they it's like oh this is gonna be a, yeah. a, a nasty session you know and it's like that if you get a few of those a week it's like you're not going to be enjoying your time there oh, like, it's, it's just dragging you down isn't it your, your energy and and i think when you are a pt or whenever you're working in that um health um space it, it, there's a lot of empathetic energy uh that comes from you um and uh and you've got to be very careful with that energy because if it's misplaced it becomes very draining very yeah. quickly yeah Mm. You can't help but be a sponge when you're mm. around someone for at least you know at least thirty minutes for that session, more likely sixty minutes. Um, you can't help but absorb their energy. Mm. Um, so the only thing that can control whether you absorb it or not is if you see that person. If they're constantly bringing you down, then just say, "Hey, I think your goals and your kind of um, your." Work ethic, yeah, yeah, your um, demeanor needs <laughs> would be better suited for another trainer who is more um, adept at you know dealing with lazy like people. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah. nicest possible way. Yeah. And yeah. I've had that conversation. The first time I did it, I was shit scared. I'm like, oh mm. shit, I'm losing you know x amount of money per week. I could just keep doing it, suck it up. Mm. But I'm like, no, no, no. I'm really not enjoying these sessions. The first time I had to have that conversation, I was like nervous, couldn't look them in the eye. Mm. Um, how did it go? It went on way too long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I over explained myself. I was yeah. I was super defensive. At the end, they're like, "Yeah, you're probably right." Yeah, so it was like, oh, okay. "Yeah." Was <laughs> Second time, piece of cake, and ever since it's been easy. Oh, um, good. And the amount of times I've had that conversation with someone, they're like, "No, nah, you know what? It's me. Like, mm. I haven't been giving you a proper shot. I haven't been listening. Blah blah. blah. Give me another chance, and I'll actually do it." And mm. I'm like, "All right." Yeah. And then they're, they're a great um, client after that. Yeah, well, yeah. it's good, though. I mean, they've got to prove themselves in a way. And it's like, if you're, if you're buying my time, like, don't waste my time. Yeah. Like, even though you're paying for it, like, yeah. I'm still here. And 
you know, don't disrespect me as a trainer that's here to give you everything that I know in terms of my knowledge and effort and time. Yeah. Uh, and then you don't give in the effort back. And it's like, well, if you're not willing to do it, then this isn't right. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. And you see it across all sorts of sports and, and any kind of uh, industries where it's, you've got a coach or a mentor. If you're paying for somebody, it's like, it's not enough to just pay them. You got to do the work. Yeah. And it's like, if you're as, as a mentor or a PT or a coach, and somebody is paying you services like yeah that's one part of it but i need you to do these things if you don't do those things that's the part that that, that is where you'll get all the results stop saying these things to me matthew <laughs> hey, i'm willing to put in I'm the working. work okay. so Dave, this is what i need you to do <laughs> So once again, lots of the personal changes out there. That's a recurring theme I see. Um, they'll just keep taking on anyone and everyone um, at the at the sacrifice of their own happiness, mm. yeah. which leads to them burning out. It, it frustrates me, man. Like I see it all the time, and yeah. I, I, it's disappointing because you'll see a trainer come in and they're so pumped and excited and motivated, and they love the gym, and then within six months or not even that long, maybe three months, mm. they're just like. Yeah. But part of that again ties back to their personality like with me i'm big on extreme responsibility like a book by jocko willink mm-hmm. um everything and anything is your fault yeah it's not the gym's fault that they didn't give enough leads it's not your client's fault that they can't stick with the plan it's not um it's not the other trainer's fault for taking your clients mm-hmm. it's your fault for not marketing yourself properly for not following up with existing clients for not doubling down on exceptional service it's your fault for everything in life. Yeah. Um, so another thing that I keep getting from um, the PTs I'm mentoring is I just, I'm just not getting enough leads. I'm like, all right, if you're not getting enough leads, why don't you take responsibility and you go out on the gym floor and you get leads yourself? They're like, oh, yeah. I don't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, you're right. And then um, they'll be like, oh, what would you say? I'm like, just don't go straight in for the sale. Like yeah. you, people can spot that from a mile away. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you don't go up to a random you've never spoken to before and say, "Hey, looks like you are doing shoulders. Would you like to train with me and do shoulders?" Yeah. <laughs> like you sound and you look like an idiot, and then that person's going to tell five of their friends to avoid you. Yeah, right. Yeah. You, know, you just go in nicely. You just have a normal chat, and nine times out of ten, people will ask for help if they are looking for help. Mm. And if not, they're gonna. Uh, they're going to recommend you to someone that they know that needs help mm-hmm. because they've met you now. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel pressure like if, when you were training? I know you didn't train at um, the gym that we were working at um, very often. <laughs> <laughs> but did you feel that like, because I had this when I used to do it, like that people would be watching and judging you critically, like yeah. whatever exercise <laughs> you're doing. Because if you're training other people, like you better be doing it perfectly <laughs> yourself. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that though. I love the yeah. pressure. Right. I, I, even if no one was looking at me, I felt like I tricked myself into thinking that everyone was watching you. Yeah. So if I don't perform well, then I will it will reflect badly on my business. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, awesome. <laughs> well, <laughs> So, so I guess there's a lot of people that are out there in the world right now that are um, that are reconsidering their future and 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 may well feel that a a career in personal training and fitness is for them, or people that uh, maybe uh, having listened to this podcast today went, now I know what I was doing wrong. Now, what what are some of the steps that you would recommend to those people? Um, Figure out how you can separate yourself from the other faces on the wall. Mm-hmm. So if you're at a commercial gym, there's 10 other people on the wall, someone that's new to that gym and looking through everyone's profiles 
what is going to make them stand out, what is going to make you stand out, you know? So isolate your point of difference. Yep. Yep. Um, Upskill your skill set. A big thing is working on not just the business model, but like go back to the basics, figure out how to talk to people in a way that makes them feel good and makes them want to come back each week. Mm. Um, Like Matt touched on earlier, there are trainers 100 times smarter than me, 100 times... Mm. Uh, 100 times better physique than I have, but they will never make it as a PT because they don't know how to speak to people. Interpersonal skills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that. So when yeah. you're talking about skills there, you're not just talking about how to, how to teach somebody how to lift something better. You're talking about work on the interpersonal, work on your communication yeah. and, um, and ensure that you're not letting yourself down yeah. at those moments of opportunity. Nail the basics first and then figure out, all right, you know what? I really love working with, postnated women and then mm. double down on that you know be mm. the best of that on that wall yeah um another thing is I'm so I, I find out what your niche is and drill down deeper in that yeah. and and don't be such a generalist uh, yeah. uh, uh, yep that's yep. great advice um another one is don't this is going to contradict what i just said but like don't um overestimate how important it is to be a niche a specialist okay mm. so one thing i'm going to butcher this quote but one thing that I got told was people don't buy the um, the drill; they buy, they want the hole. Mm, right. Okay, so no one cares about the brand of drill that they're buying and stuff like that. They just want the end result. Yeah. So if you can prove that you're the best drill on that wall, if you can prove that you can get produce the best hole mm-hmm. for people that are wanting a hole, um, mm-hmm. then people will recognize that and you'll be sought after. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the. the one of the big selling points and the difference, you know, you've got the wall of, of trainers that, you know, gets a small amount of attention. I <laughs> yeah. guess, you know, people might look at it and go, yeah. very over, um, <coughs> overestimated. Yeah. I think the biggest mm. thing is when you're on the gym floor and people see you and your clients having fun and they go, what are they doing? No, oh, that looks good. Oh, what is that? <laughs> These guys are having a good time over yeah. there. Like, and then your clients having a good experience and enjoying themselves and then getting fit as well. Uh, it's like, well, I want to be part of that, you yeah, know, and yeah. that was that's a big difference, you know, because you know you get a trainer that will torture their client, you know, yeah. like make him work so ridiculously hard, yeah. and it's like if they're not making it fun, yeah. like you can make a super ridiculously hard session, but make it fun, uh, and it's like, um, and people are walking on, oh man, I'm I'm wrecked, but it was awesome, yeah, like, and they love it. Uh, it's like who who are you training with? Oh, it was, it was Norman, you know. Yeah. It's like oh cool, <laughs> or you can have somebody that does the opposite, does the exact same session, same reps, <laughs> everything, but they're just the attitude or the the personality or the vibe that they gave off. Just was, everyone looked at it and goes, oh, that guy's an idiot, like, <laughs> you know. Definitely, yeah. Um, people notice a lot more than you think. Like people have come up to me, it's like it's so good to see a trainer that doesn't go on their phone during the sessions. Mm. Like, oh yeah, you notice. Cool. Yeah, I'm mm. smart watch, yeah. No. yeah. Um, <laughs> even things that I take for granted, like I'm big on when I'm training a client, I don't talk about myself. All my questions are you. Like, you know, how was your week? How's how's your job going? They people inherently will always like talking about themselves more than anything else. Their like, favorite topic of conversation. Yeah. And nobody nobody asks uh, an adult, by yeah. the way. That's right. Yeah. It doesn't make them a bad person, doesn't mean they're self centered, doesn't mean they're selfish. It's just inherent 
human nature mm. you know they're most they, no one knows themselves better than themselves mm. so mm. that's what they're most comfortable talking about and, and no one likes an opportunity uh and no one no one dislikes an opportunity to speak uh, freely about themselves yeah. so, so yeah it's a it's so a wonderful way of pulling people out of themselves absolutely mm. I love when people are passionate about something because whatever it is no yeah. matter what it could be the, the, the thing i have no interest in whatsoever yeah. but if they are excited and interested in it then i am excited the energy feeds yeah. doesn't it yeah the stuff i've learned from clients is like mind-boggling i have clients that um do the I don't even know what it's a sport. They dress up in like medieval clothes oh, and yeah. Oh yes, yes, we, we, yeah, yeah. We we encountered them just recently yeah. at the yeah. Apex Sport Fest. Yeah, uh, what 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 do they call themselves? Yeah, the medieval knights. Oh, the medieval, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The medieval battlers. They have, yeah, yeah. They have they teams, they have weapons. They've got oh. um, custom made armor. And stuff. It's brutal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You should yeah. have seen her eyes light up. Like, oh really? As soon as I said like, "What are your plans for this weekend?" <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, I've just finished my armor. Um, you know, my my custom-made sword is getting flown down from Melbourne. I was like, this is a big thing. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the session just flowed. It ain't just cosplay, I can oh, tell you. Right, yeah, <laughs> they sure, get serious. Yeah. Oh, man. Stuff like that. And then, you know, I've had surgeons as clients like who'd you cut open today what'd you see yeah oh, like, oh man i was like hammering this hip like, <laughs> yeah it's just yeah. stuff like that um I'm i afraid. find that stuff fascinating <laughs> like i i love learning about i love figuring out what i can learn from other people right that's just me but and i see on the gym floor a lot personal trainers talking about themselves this mm. is what i did on the weekend this mm. is how much i lifted last week this is what my competition is going to look like blah, blah blah you know it's like yeah, sure, they might care because they're also your friends and they've been training with you for a while, but they will never care as much as themselves. Right. So, so if I could lend a little bit of an executive summary for, for those people that are listening that are, uh, that are really keen to, to improve their, their, their fitness business. Um, so um, essentially start off with a vision that is a business rather than thinking of it as a job. Be people-centred, and when you're with people, be with them, receptive to them, and allow them to open up to you by asking them a lot of questions. Um, the other thing seems to be add incredible value and make things fun. So when you can't be with people physically, then do something online with them that is fun if we're hit with a pandemic or a lockdown or, or something of that nature. And, uh, and, and be prepared to say no. Um, don't have to feel like you've got to say yes to everyone. Because in those, business, in those times when you are quiet in your business, that's the time to upskill so that you can work on your points of difference and dig deeper into your niche. Um, before we go, though, some bro science. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'm going to throw some things at you. Uh, okay, bodybuilding or powerlifting? Uh, depends on the context. What's your goal? No, just, just for you. What do you <laughs> um, want to do? What do you like? What do you prefer? Just me. bodybuilding for bodybuilding, you? Yep. Yeah. So uh, leaning down, not bulking up, or you you like it? But I like looking lean, but I like feeling big, big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how do you balance that off? Like, uh, there's like a certain. If I can't see my abs anymore, then yep. I know I'm getting too fat. Yeah. I start um, suffering with my strength in the gym, then I know I'm getting too lean. Okay. For no reason. Like, obviously, if I'm competing, I have to be lean and not very strong. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, training morning, afternoon, evening, or afternoon. all, all of the above. Uh, my best case scenario is afternoon. Yeah, um, I'm a big advocate advocate of having fuel in your system um, before you train. Yeah, but obviously, context again. Mm -hmm. I've been training in the mornings recently, um, only because 
US markets and crypto <laughs> don't align. So, this yeah. is, this is a, another entrepreneurial yeah, that's, that's skill. Entrepreneurial pursuit. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been training in the mornings, but ideally afternoons. Okay. Supplements? Yeah. No supplements. Uh, supplements. Yes. Definitely supplements. Yes. Uh, protein, carbs. Protein. What is your yeah? Your body respond well to protein more more than anything else. Uh, my personal body responds well to high protein, high carb, low fat. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've tried low carb and keto and high fat, and I look ten times worse. Right. Okay. That, Whereas that, you know, I'll give the exact same um, protocol to a client, yep. and they will look show ready. Mm. Yeah. Uh, high reps, low reps. Low reps. Low reps. And, yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm kind of talking more to, to you and your preferences <laughs> than more what you'd advise. I, I understand you'd be much more bespoke when advising a yeah. client. So, yep. yeah, this is more, 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 your kind of, more your kind of preferences. Uh, ice cream or yogurt? Ice cream. Ice cream? Yep. Bit of a surprise, actually. I thought it would be <laughs> yogurt every day of the week, but wow. ice cream it is. Yep. E- excellent. Uh, a steak or chicken? Chicken. Chicken? Yep. Yeah? Definitely. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, is, is it the, the with the skin off and the and the, and, and boiled and no. with the broccoli, or is it how, how how would you have your ideal chicken if you're not in competition? <laughs> fe- um, feathered. <laughs> yeah, feathered. Um, skin off, chicken thigh instead of chicken breast. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Um, Why is that? Just because it keeps its moisture easier yep. to eat. It's a little bit more tasty. Yeah. Um, you know, like a basic stir fry, I think. Mm, very nice. Yep. Oh well, it, it's uh, well, mate. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> along today. No um, I certainly appreciate it, and uh, you know, it's been been a fantastic insight for a lot of people that I know are having difficulties in understanding why it is maybe that their PT business wasn't successful when they've tried it, and those people that are perhaps now you know thinking about that career change with all that's going on in the world, and and thinking you know I want to help people. Uh, I want to share some of my experience that I think would be helpful and I want to share my passion for, for fitness and training um, but don't have a framework um, in, in order to manage that in a proper business-like professional manner. Um, so if people do want to learn more about how they can, uh, I, I guess, live out their passion in their business in personal training, how, how can they reach out to you? Um, I'm big on Instagram. Okay. I spend most of my time on Crypto Twitter these days. But crypto Twitter? Yeah, you yeah. still see me on um, Instagram at Norm Nom Nom. Um, yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention as well, for all those PTs out there that are not as busy as they'd like to be and stuff like that, keep in mind that, and this isn't exaggerated, the turnover rate for PTs in Australia is 99%. Sure. Wow. So 99% of PTs fail out of the 1% that make it. And wow. that's... Um, make it as in are still in the industry after five years. Incredible. Wow. All right, so 99% of PTs fail, but that doesn't mean that's going to be one of you. And whatever you're doing now can be you know, pivoted and can be probably fixed up. I'm not saying I've got the perfect business model. I'm not saying I've got all the answers, but I just seem to be um, a lot busier than a lot of PTs while putting in a lot less effort. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, well, I think strategically you've put in an enormous amount of effort. Yeah, if yeah. not, that's not the, the physical effort that a lot of people are putting in when they're getting up at 4.30 in the morning to train that person that doesn't turn up at 5. But that's because you've given an enormous amount of thought to how it is that you want your business to run before you've even gotten to that point. So, And uh, and all of that time that many are wasting, if you, instead of wasting that time, you're dedicating it to building a better business. Yeah. So, um, so for anybody out there who wants to learn a whole lot more about how they can run a 
a better PT business, all they need to do is reach out to Norm Norm Nom Nom. Yep, that's the one. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I think on, it's a coach of coaches, mother of dragons, or something. Yeah. Coach of coaches, <laughs> mother of dragons. <laughs> Eater of food. <laughs> nom nom. Eater of food. Yeah. Um, yeah. So happy to help anyone. Um, like I said, don't feel like. I know the cop-out answer is to be like, oh, the market's saturated. There's so mm. many PTs out there. There's so many Instagram famous um, fitness influencers. How on earth can I possibly compete against... Um, who's a big... You? No, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how can someone like me compete against... Um, like a, or something? Or yeah. Bob mm. Yeah. Um, like a Phil Heath or a... Yeah. Um, whatever, you know, if they're selling... Oh, Louis Marco. Yeah. 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 If they're selling their services for so much cheaper and, you know, they've helped thousands if not millions of people why would someone choose me mm-hmm. that's a very scarce mindset you got to have like an abundance mindset mm. the obesity epidemic is only getting worse in australia good for business yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's more and more clients out there that need your help it's just figuring out how you can get in their um front of mind to help them solve their problems yeah simple as that uh, uh, not, not at the expense of your own um time and freedom and and yeah mental yeah, yeah. abilities and then from there just reverse engineer it's like figure out how much you want to earn how you're going to get there um yeah it's it's not as pt is one of the simplest businesses you can start off the ground i mm. think yeah. yeah and that's coming from someone that started multiple businesses and is in the process of starting more businesses mm. so i can say like you know if i wanted to without sounding overly cocky i could walk into any gym right now and i could I would confidently say I'd be booked out within a month. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if I can do it, that just means that anyone else can do it mm. if they know how to do it, you know? Yeah. Mm. I know we're coming up to the end of the episode, but one thing I just wanted to <laughs> highlight, there's a frustrating, like, when people sort of argue back about, like, advice. I, I, but I read in Men's Fitness that it says that you should be doing this. Eight and it's reps. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but they said something different last month. You know, like, yeah. every month they try to sell you a different thing or a different plan or the new thing or the new fad or this is the thing and now it's keto and now it's this and now it's this high-fat diet. Now it's a low-fat diet. Now it's a mm. don't eat for seven days and then eat for, <laughs> you know, it's... Well, yeah. well, I guess that's in some part why people uh, do need to have that touch point, that person that they can trust and, and refer back to that's in their world that they that they're going to get that great advice from. And, mm. and essentially what you're trying to do is help more people be like that and be that person for others. Mm. Do, you, do you get people that, like, like you'll, you'll sort of explain yep. whatever it is yep. and then they're like, no, you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The big thing is, like, obviously um, it's a service-based industry. You've got to be a chameleon. So you've got to figure out who you can banter back with. If, like, a 75-year-old woman came back to me and said, oh, I read this in a magazine that I should be doing this. I'm not going to be like, you're joking. What the F are you thinking? Like, yeah, you don't be stupid. Get out. You can't talk like that. you got to pick your battles. You'd be like, we can try that if you want. How about we try this instead for a week? And if you don't respond, we can try what you want to do. Most times they are okay with it. For the jocks and like the meatheads that come to me and say, oh, bro, did you try this pre-workout, blah, blah, blah. Like, the most common one is... Um, people coming up to me and say, oh, did you try this? Did you hear about this XXX shred fat burner? Like, it's meant to do this, meant to do that. I'm like... Branch train. Yeah. Three forms. The main thing I say is... I take three of each. Yeah. (laughs) The main thing I say is, if this product worked, we wouldn't be in an obesity epidemic. If this was a cure for being fat, Mm. then we wouldn't be in our current situation. And they're like, oh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I just spent $100 on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't understand when you're dealing with people. I mean, you're really dealing with an enormous amount of baggage and, and you're not just dealing with their will to be able to lose weight or get a little bit fitter or whatever. You're dealing with a, a whole range of different issues that have kind of culminated in their physical conditioning or their realisation that they're less than what they could be. Mm. And, um, and I think that that's kind of where... You know, uh, after January the first this year, you know there'll be a whole bunch of fresh faces down mm-hmm. there at the gym, yeah. and uh, and a whole bunch of people that have kind of made that determination. I'm not my best self, um, who will fade away very very quickly um, because of uh, discipline and and that type of thing. But the same uh, uh, things that plague the discipline of everyday people also plague that of PTs and having the discipline to say no, having the, the discipline to abide by business structure, having the discipline to um, make things fun and make people the focus of what you do instead of making that uh, about you and yourself or making people feel like they're a distraction to your time on the phone seem to be some of the fundamentals that have kept you a really good stead over what has been um, one of the most troubling times in history for uh what has been a, biz- uh, a business that's been in growth for the last 40 years I reckon it's only but you know the last uh, two years you've seen all of the growth cut out of the industry and uh, only the best are, are surviving and um, and you know so it's a full credit to you that during that period of time your business is more than trebled and the waiting list grows so and 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 having heard what you've had to say it's uh, today it's, it's more than obvious why why all, all of your success is coming your way, mate. Thank you. Appreciate that. No yeah. worries. It's so um, good to have you on. Yeah. It was, it was what you just said is very true, though. The problems of personal trainers are the very similar to the problems of um, everyday people, mm. and that uh, a, a very recurring thing that I see is people unable to keep promises to themselves. Mm. You know, if a person can't keep a promise that they will stick to a diet a week, or a personal trainer that can't keep a promise that they will sign up two new clients uh, that week. Um, after that week, they lose confidence in themselves and that snowballs into they no longer have um, faith and confidence in themselves. And, yeah, that's, mm. that's a hard kind of hole to pull yourself out of if you constantly let yourself down. So for personal trainers and for everyday people, the easiest thing is to set achievable goals. I know how cliche that sounds. I know everyone says it, but it's probably a reason why. Set achievable goals because when you hit it, you feel good about yourself and then you want to challenge yourself to hit the next one. Mm. Um, and, and make yourself accountable to a power higher than yourself perhaps yeah, as well definitely. which um, certainly is a part of the uh, why people seek out a mentor and get a coach and um, you know I think that uh, whenever you are accountable to a to a higher power or a power outside of yourself for instance um, you'll tend to work to the expectations of that person or the expectations of your word then perhaps your internal dialogue with mm. yourself yep. yeah, somebody mm. holding you accountable it's like have you done the thing that you were supposed to do <laughs> damn it I know they're going to ask me I've got to get it done <laughs> that's right yeah, so yep. deadlines and that pressure, that time pressure on there as well. Absolutely. Um, your niche skills, your special skill set, the, the people are interested in training with you. And you have, uh, obviously, you have a, a knowledge of all areas, but is there certain things that you've got, this is my specialised area? Um, I like working with um, recently executives so like really busy corporate people that don't have much time okay mm. um, but they do have a lot of discipline yes mm. definitely yeah mm. um I and, found and myself, high achievers mm. yeah high achievers um that kind of personality a type um mm. person i very enjoy working with mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. people that have tried a lot of other things and haven't 
it hasn't worked for them. I like working with those people as well. Um, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Excellent. And naturally, PTs, PTs that are out there yep. that are that are looking to improve their business and for their business to look a little bit more like yours and and uh, less like the ninety nine percent that don't make <laughs> yeah, it. That's an outstanding so, uh, stat. Yeah. Ninety nine percent, isn't it? It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So, um, well, well, thanks so much for dropping by and uh, and sharing that knowledge with us. I mean, I know that there's going to be people out there that are going to take enormous amounts of value away from today. So, um, and uh, just a, a few of those little helpful hints and tips for people that are uh, looking to start a business in fitness or who are um, uh, who, who may, maybe not experiencing all of the success they feel that they deserve, um, go back through this podcast, listen to it again, and then at the end of it, if you still have questions, then there's one man you need to speak to. Uh, Norm Lowe is here, and you can catch him on Instagram on Norm Lowe, Nom Nom. Norm nom nom. Norm nom nom. Yep. Just norm nom nom. That's there it. was no, no other. There was no other norms that wanted nom nom. Uh, okay. No, there's a few with underscores and. Oh really? They're now. trying to get in on no, the action. Now they're really yeah. yeah. Okay. I was yeah. early. Yeah. Yeah. Got in. Well exactly. done. Got in early. Um, yeah. It's it's pretty memorable. There's not very many norms out there, and there's not, definitely not very many that look the way I do. So I'm pretty unique, luckily, um, which has also helped with business. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You are your point of difference. Yeah. So, well. I'm a walking billboard whether I like it or not. Yep. So, um, yeah, PTs out there, just remember you are being watched all the time, like whether you're eating in the office or you're um, training someone on the floor, people mm -hmm. always have eyes on you. So just conduct yourself well. Make sure you're um, approachable. Mm -hmm. um, I, a big thing for me was my meals are so massive that people always kind of like, is that one meal? And that was start a conversation. <laughs> you know, so like walk that. around with massive meals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're the person in your gym that um, has purple hair, if you're that person in the gym that, um, you know, always smells good whatever i don't know yeah. but um have some, just, something different about just, them yeah. yeah just have something or be that person with purple hair that smells good with, with big meals, meals. Yeah, with and big meals. and you will be a hot topic of conversation around the gym but i'm not not downplaying this the amount of times i had comments on my shoes like, yeah and the clean shoes yeah, yeah absolutely really well there's okay. some there's some real gold as people listen back to in, in this podcast there's a there's a you've sprinkled a whole lot of stardust over over the the whole episode today mate and i think you know it's a tremendous reason resource for, for all of those people that are in around the fitness game that have been wondering what's been going wrong for them um, I, I think today you would have answered a whole lot of questions and and for those that uh, may still be experiencing difficulty or not not sure of the way to go through well, um, thank God for being exposed to you oh, absolute pleasure Norm. thanks so much for coming along ladies and gentlemen Norm Lowe thank you guys ah. you've been listening to the Daily Combat Podcast Special thanks also go out to our main sponsor, Real Estate Agents Group. This company is growing to become one of South Australia's largest independent real estate groups. With their board of directors with over 100 years of collective real estate industry experience, Real is for real people by real people. Check them out on Facebook under Real Estate Agents Group or visit their website urbanandruralsales.com.au The Daily Combat Podcast is proudly brought to you by Dave Stockbridge, Isabella Rossitano and Hollywood Matt Connolly. Make sure to give us a five-star review as this helps us to continue to promote combat sports in Australia and around the world. You can find out more information about the podcast at dailycombatnews.com 
You can also follow us on all social media platforms with full video episodes available on YouTube. Just search The Daily Combat Podcast. Thank you again for listening from all of us here at The Daily Combat Podcast team.